episode of Spawned is brought to you by Relay, the screen-free smartphone alternative. It's like a walkie-talkie 2.0 that runs on 4G LTE, so it connects to your own smartphone from absolutely anywhere, but without kids having the distraction of apps, games, texting, or a pricey gadget they're not yet ready for. You can shop now or learn more about Relay at RelayGo.com. That's RelayGo.com. Hello and welcome to Spawn, a common sense and hopefully fun discussion on parenting and parenting culture. Hey, I'm Liz Gumbiner. And I'm Kristen Chase, and we're the co-founders of CoolMomPicks.com. On today's episode of Spawn, we're talking with the wonderful, the fabulous Catherine McCord, who you you must know, right? Weelicious, so many cookbooks, television, all of those things. And Liz, what are we talking to her about? We are going to talk about something I need to talk about, which is <laughs> how to make cooking and feeding kids more fun, especially for those of us who don't really live for our time in the kitchen. Uh, I'm right there with you. <laughs> and as always, we'll close out our show with our cool picks of the week. But let's talk a bit about our awesome guest for those three people who don't know Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> so you may know her probably as the brilliant woman behind Weelicious website. If you're listening to this podcast right now about food, you're still with us. You have to know Weelicious. It's amazing. On Cool Mom Eats, we probably link to her, I don't know, three times a week at least. <laughs> you probably know her best-selling cookbooks, Weelicious One Family, One Meal, and Weelicious Lunches. Think outside the lunchbox. She's also the CEO and co-founder of One Potato, which is an organic, sustainable, easy meal kit delivery company. She started with two other working parents to help busy parents bring more regular family dinners back into their lives. So she's doing cool stuff. Yeah, and you know, if you follow her on Instagram as we do, or you know her site, then you know that she's all about helping make it easier for parents to expose kids to wholesome, delicious homemade food. And what I love is help get more families to the table together. We are so happy. Catherine, welcome. Thank you guys for having me on. I'm so excited. We're so glad to have you here. I think the last I saw you in person was in Austin. At an awesome food party. Ooh. I know. What were we doing? Were we being good or being, being trouble? <laughs> I think a little of both. But we talked about food and I was like, she is so awesome. I don't think I'd met you in person that much before that. For our listeners who don't know her, like Catherine, after hanging out in person in Austin, I realized you were so cool. You were like one of us. You weren't like the perfect lifestyle blogger where everything is like perfect and lovely and fabulous. And, you know, you take like 80 pictures of like your hand in the right position to get your Instagram <laughs> right. I mean, maybe you do that, but I didn't get that vibe from you at all. And I just fell in love with you even more. <laughs> I felt the same way. We did have fun that night. Oh, I wish I was there. But I will say this, Catherine, in your honor, before the show, I did make my kids school lunch. That's true. So I just want to put that out there that I did that. That's my goal. My school year's resolution, if you will, but um, to make lunches the night before. But let's talk about being in the kitchen because I know it's not my favorite place to be. It's not Liz's favorite place. And so we want to know, did you always love cooking or did it grow on you? Oh no, I always loved cooking. I mean, we have pictures of me like in the kitchen as a little girl, like so into it. I'm from Kentucky. My grandparents were very into farming and like grew all their own food. And so I sort of lived this double life of like 
fast food and then fresh food. So I got to find my path early on. But you think you found that because you had parents and grandparents that had you in the kitchen? I, you know, I think I came to it myself, but early on, like when you get to watch your grandmother, like I spent a lot of time with her and she like had a big jar of bacon grease on, and everything. Bacon grease went in everything. <laughs> I like kind of grew up in her kitchen and I was just like really inspired by it. But funny enough, like my grandmother was passionate about cooking. From my mother, it was like a total chore. <gasps> I'm so glad you're saying this. I'm so oh, yeah. glad because I yeah. always say it skips a generation. My mom <laughs> and my dad, by the way, who are not together, they're married, but not to each other. They are both fantastic cooks. And my 13-year-old is starting to be really into cooking. Aww. My great-grandmother was really into cooking, but me and my grandmother... Not too much. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> a skip a generation. I buy into that 100%. So you always did it. So maybe there's hope. Maybe not for us, Liz, but there's hope for our children. <laughs> <laughs> to get them started young and get them in the kitchen, even if it's messy and maybe not so fun for us, it's definitely fun for them and it rubs off. So that's good to know. Um, I'm curious about how many gripes you've heard from your readers because we hear lots of gripes about feeding kids over at Cool Mom Eats and we have our Facebook group, Recipe Rescue. But I want to know, you know, what are you hearing when it comes to the struggles with cooking or what's making it challenging for parents? I mean, I think that what's interesting is I, I've had Weelicious for 11 years. And in this 11 years, I feel like it's gotten progressively harder for people. And I think it's just we're so oh. short on time. Oh, okay. I mean, I just think as Americans, we work so much longer hours and harder. I mean, I don't know about harder, but like longer hours mm -hmm. than other countries. And we fall into these pits, like the Instagram worthy meals. And there's not as many options for families in so many ways. Like there's kid options and there's adult options. But like when you're trying to like get one family, one meal, like everyone eating the same thing, I think that's when parents are just like, I give up. I don't know what to do. That's a good point. It we is. talk about that a lot amongst our team at Cool Mommy. It's, you know, sometimes somebody will be like, here's a great family friendly meal, kale salad with chicken livers. And we're like, what, what are your kids eating. <laughs> and we always have these debates about what constitutes family friendly because it's, you know, I have one daughter who's basically like, if it's beige, she may eat it. 50% chance. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> I've got another kid who's like, sure, I'll eat calamari and duck and lamb. Mostly thanks to Kristen's daughter who like peer pressured her into Peer it. pressure. So peer what, pressure. what do you think constitutes a family friendly meal that, you know, will please most people? Well, I think that you have to sit down your entire family, write a list of like 10 foods everyone loves because every family is going to look really different. I mean, you could easily say like rotisserie chicken, like, you right. know, simple things, but like, I think every family needs to come up with their own like laundry list of foods. They all like can unite on and then work from there. I think that's a great idea. I'm not sure why I haven't thought of that because we've actually done that for school lunches and yeah. we've said, cause I'm tired of these lunches coming home half eaten. So mm -hmm. I'm like, you write down what you like and we'll make it for you. But I do think, I don't know if you agree with this, I feel like school lunches are a little bit easier than dinners because kids kind of go their separate ways and you can kind of piecemeal no pun totally. intended, the, the lunches, <laughs> but dinner is just so challenging. So I love that. Okay. Making a list. Agreed. And also, you know what we did? It's a variation on that. And Kristen, you've probably seen this. I have a secret Pinterest board that, um, so my youngest daughter, she's like the lowest common denominator in the family, so to speak. Oh my 
in terms of what she eats. So I'll be like, okay, let's talk protein. And we'll look at a list of like, here are foods that have protein that aren't meat. And so we'll go chickpeas. And she's like, oh, okay, I like that. Or, you know, quinoa. And then we'll go through Pinterest and we'll look through tons of recipes and we'll pin them onto a special board just for her. So she feels like she has some options that she can choose from. I love that so much. I mean, I always tell people with the Wheelicious cookbooks, I'm like, give your kid tabs, have Ah. them like go through and like old school, like not even the computer, just like look through cookbooks and have them put down tabs. And if they love it, then you're like a duh, here we go. Oh, that's great. Like going through catalogs and flagging everything in Pottery Barn that they want for their rooms. That's a great (laughs) idea. I I never thought to do that, but it's so smart. See, I never thought to do the going through Pottery Barn catalog. Oh yeah. Can you tell we're renovating the kids' rooms right now? (laughs) I love it. Pick out a beanbag. Yeah, you gave me something. I love this. So listen, let's talk about breakfast because I know you're a big proponent of smoothies and we are all firmly in team smoothie because it's so easy like to just pop stuff in a blender. Sometimes stuff they don't even know is in the blender and serve it up. A hundred percent. A little squeeze of honey and like everything tastes good. But it can be like overwhelming. Like your smoothies are like the Oscar winning gold standard of smoothies. (laughs) And it can be like a little overwhelming like the stuff you recommend. So what do you think are some basics that parents should always have on hand for smoothies? And then what are kind of the extra special things you might want to add also? Yep. So I think that the basics is like, I try to get a fruit and a vegetable in every smoothie. So my two vegetables, because that's probably the harder one, are I always keep frozen cauliflower and fresh spinach because you can't detect the taste of cauliflower. You're getting in a vegetable. It adds creaminess. And because you're buying it frozen most of the time, you always have it on hand. It's just like my no, even my kids are always like throw frozen cauliflower. In. <laughs> oh, so because it gives it more texture and they don't really notice the difference in the flavor. Yeah. And for adults, it's like low in calories if you're trying to be like super like, you know, weight conscious. But for me, it's like you're getting a vegetable in there and spinach. Like I made a chocolate peanut butter smoothie yesterday. I made a blueberry chia today and I just add handfuls of spinach. You don't see it. You don't taste it because the chocolate and the blueberry overpower the color. Oh, good idea. Because we do. That's that we do smart. peanut butter and Nutella sometimes if we need a little extra protein boost with the Greek yogurt. <laughs> but throwing in spinach, that's by a good the way, idea. Why, why weren't your mom? I know, right? I'm Look, like, when you got a kid who like eats four things, <laughs> you're like, thank you for eating protein, even if it has chocolate in it. <laughs> you're, you're totally my spirit animal. <laughs> I'm all about all things in moderation, always. <laughs> but I love that idea. You know, Stacy over on Cool Mom Eats actually mentioned the frozen cauliflower idea, and I haven't tried that yet because I have to say, over these last few weeks, I have been trying to get my kids to eat breakfast at all. And really the only thing that I have found to be successful are smoothies. But I'm wondering, do you have any other like quick breakfast ideas that have protein? That's kind of like the thing that I'm hearing pediatricians say, and I'm really trying to get my kids to eat more of. Yeah. So that goes down to like a scoop of peanut butter or eggs or, I mean, like milk, I mean, a handful of nuts, um, wherever you can get, like, if it's a pancake, make out a pancake sandwich and smear it with peanut butter or even Nutella or whatever it is that you love. I mean, you know, is it scrambled eggs? Is it a frittata? You know, like even pancakes, like there's a homemade batter on Weelicious that's so easy. You keep the dry in your pantry and then you add egg and milk and just a little oil. Even that pancake has egg and milk in it. So you have to like 
sometimes you're like, don't be so hard on ourselves. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's a I great mean? point. Yeah. Like cheese toast. I mean, the reason I started smoothies was just going back to what you said. It's like I add hemp seeds. So you should always keep hemp seeds because those are omega-3 fatty acids. They're packed oh, with yeah. protein. You keep them in the freezer for months and months. You know, you can add nuts. You can add protein powder. And that's why, I mean, with smoothies, like you get a fruit, a vegetable, a protein, and then you can even get a carbohydrate by adding like flax seeds or, um, or uh, yay, I'm doing something right. I just finally, <laughs> seriously, for the first time we went out and bought a huge thing of flax seeds and I ground them up in our coffee grinder. Yeah. It just tastes kind of nutty. Like it doesn't taste like health food, you know? And so now we sprinkle a tablespoon of it into my kid's cereal with milk in the morning and she doesn't really notice the difference and like more protein. And omega-3 fatty acids. Yeah. I mean, like, I really think like chia seeds, flax seeds, hemp seeds, those are the brain building foods that like especially these little kids need. Well, both Kristen and I grew up with moms who made us eat wheat germ. Yes. <laughs> kids. And carob. We have that in common. Yes. And carob. I know. And which carob. I think I rebelled against a bit when I got to college. And oh, I was like, please. I can eat anything I want. Oh, carob balls. <laughs> they haunt me. <laughs> oh, God. But I love the idea of getting as much as you can. That makes sense in a smoothie. And the other thing, too, is I'm a big fan of the European breakfast. And I feel like we need to make a movement. Catherine, I don't know if we can, like, do a wee-licious, cool mom eats PSA about the savory European breakfast with, like, cheese and meats and, like, all those kinds of things. Because, like, me. I'm That's a super breakfast. fan of that. I am not a sweet breakfast person. So. Oh, I am so there with you. Like, a little <laughs> cheese, a little salami ham situation. Yes. A, a croissant. I have no problem okay. with that. Ooh, now right, I cool. want to go to Paris. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. Don't even get us started on Paris because Sorry. Catherine took her daughter to Paris this summer, right, Catherine? And I had so much envy of all the bread and butter, just watching your daughter. Oh, my God. <laughs> bread and I mean, butter. <laughs> Chloe was like, there are no smoothies for 11 days. We are eating <laughs> bread and butter. And every morning, she wasn't like a little croissant. She was like full baguette. Full stick of butter. I was a go girl. I mean, oh, you, it was so awesome. It. it was really, really fun to well, watch. And that. by the way, if our listeners are not following her on Instagram, it's Weelicious yes. on Instagram, yes. and it's delightful. Like every it day, really I delightful. so look forward to seeing what gorgeousness you're posting that I will probably never make. But you know what? Stop After talking it. to you, no, I feel more <laughs> encouraged. Like, okay, I'm doing some things right. I may not be able to photograph it that well, but like, if I can get my kids to eat it, that's what's important. And I think you that's... can show us the empty container because ah, that's exactly. that's an achievement. Yeah, for the your crumbs family. on the plate will be the achievement. And I'm glad you kind of brought this up before because I think there is a lot of pressure with this kind of Instagram world that we feel like we're supposed to be sharing everything we're doing. That's like a lot of pressure for parents. Do you feel that way from your readers or do you feel like they're just really adventurous and trying everything that you're sharing? I think that it's been more lately. I feel like people are like sharing so much. What I try to convey is that there is no perfection, but these are ideas. I've been doing a lot of like wood board lately yes. and it's really just like, I think it becomes overwhelming for parents. There's 21 meals plus snacks all week long. Like when you really think about it, you're like, oh my, I mean, it's endless. Yeah. So yeah. like even on the weekends, I'm just like put a bunch of like cool, like you were talking about like the European charcuterie yes. and just vegetables and fruits. And like, then you'll find that like kids don't even notice they're dipping cucumbers and hummus and eating all this healthy food because it's just like 
all out and it's just for the taking and they end up putting a lot better foods in their bodies sometimes than if it was just like on a plate and it was like the only real offering and they're like I don't want to eat this but when it's on a big board it's like so much more fun and adventurous and kids can help with that too I mean I my kids call them platters we call them platters and it's basically like go in the fridge choose like a favorite fruit and a vegetable and some cheese and some meat and you don't even have to eat it at the table it's like 2018 TV dinner or whatever you want to do. So I dig that. Totally. I like that yeah. idea. Yeah, my kids are a fan of the cheese plate, by the way. Like if we're going to a grown-up style restaurant and they have at least a cheese plate, there like you even go. for dessert, I'm like, oh, my kids are good. They'll just, because for them, it's like a big smorgasbord, as my totally. parents called it when I was a kid, where they could just grab everything. So yeah, I hadn't thought about doing that at home as much. We, You know what we also call it? We call it at home. Did you guys see Silver Linings Playbook? Yes. So we, we always call it homemades and crabby snacks. <laughs> so whenever we're at home and we're like, let's just make like little quiches and spanakopitas and little put everything out. We're like, let's have some crabby snacks. Let's have, Aww, let's just do crabby snacks tonight. <laughs> okay. So let's talk lunches. And I'm going to be honest here, Catherine, your lunches. Come on. They're eye candy. I look at them and I'm like, I want that for my lunch. But I'm wondering, you have to do some prep. I mean, I feel like these don't just come to you in the moment. Maybe they do. But I'm wondering, what can parents do? Just like a couple things that they can do so, you know, they're not fumbling around 10 minutes before their kids have to rush out. Probably one of your tips is don't do that. (laughs) But what else would you say in terms of prep? I make lunch at night and then pop it in the refrigerator because I like to enjoy breakfast with my kids. And mornings are so crazy um, that I make lunch at night 99% of the time. Forget the boring sandwich. Like let's make sushi sandwiches. So that's really fun. Uh, just rolling the bread out. You can do all your same favorite fillings and so on and so forth. Peanut butter and jelly, cream cheese and olive tapenade, you know, whatever it is that you like. And I just think it's cutting foods in different shapes. I'm not talking about origami, but you know, (laughs) like maybe the cucumbers in circles one day, maybe another day it's in sticks Add a dip. And making foods that are in bite-sized pieces as much as possible, especially for smaller kids. Because if you ever go and watch lunch, like I try to infiltrate my kids' schools often. I will volunteer <laughs> for anything to watch them. You know, I get to like really see what's happening with all the kids. And you'll see they literally are given 20 minutes. They want to see their friends. It's their first social interaction besides recess. Lunch is the least exciting things. They're just so into like just being busy. So you want to make foods that are easy for them to consume. Right. That's why I like a bento box because if you've got a brown paper bag, it's like, it's so hard to fumble through all the plastic bags, the zippers, the tops, the blah, 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 you know, make it easy for kids. I mean, I feel like kids love anything that's not the shape that it originally was in. (laughs) (laughs) I think they just like anything that makes more work. Totally. If they're like, mom had to work really hard for it, that's what we're going to like Do you think that's what it is? They just want to torture us, Kristen. (laughs) God, when my kids were like in preschool, they were like, mom, you need to get the sandwich cutter that looks like the princess carriage. (laughs) I was like, good Lord, I'm throwing out half the sandwich. (laughs) But, you know, they ate it. Yeah, then they eat it, though. And then you're like, maybe that's not such a bad idea. I don't know. I have been kind of going with, like, the cheese and cracker because my kids, they will kill for a Lunchable. 
people, okay? So and cool. I am not a fan of those in particular. Sorry, but uh, we make our own. I have never bought a Lunchable. Not in a sanctimonious way. I just, like, know my kid wouldn't eat it, so. Really? My children fight over the pizza ones. Catherine, have you seen these with the pizza? Do you know what I'm talking don't, about? You're going to get me. This is, like, when my blood starts okay. to, like. Okay, first of all, <laughs> I just don't understand how that's remotely delicious, but whatever. Okay, so <laughs> I was like, wait a second. Why am I buying these? I just bought naan, oh, yeah, the Indian bread, that. and I packed them the mozzarella cheese. I packed them tomato sauce, and, like, for the win. In, okay, like my kids were like, that was the best lunch ever. Wow, so, look at you. Yes, I'm just oh saying, I'm saying, parents out there, like there is something to this whole skip the sandwich and try to like kind of put little things together that they can eat. Yeah, we even have that in our back to school lunch packing oh, guide yeah, on Cool right. Mommy Eats right. where we, we talked oh, about DIY that. Lunchables for picky kids. I think it's a great idea. And then you can make it exactly how they like it. A hundred percent. So tell me, Catherine, what are your best tips for getting our kids involved in lunch? making because that's something we know comes up a lot yes. and I also know one way to get around cooking if you don't like it that much is to have your kids do more of it so <laughs> what are your tips for that yeah well it starts with sort of what you guys were even mentioning earlier it's like get a list what are their 10 favorite foods make it exciting for them it doesn't all have to be like crunchy granola like ugh, I don't want to eat this like make some things that are fun and make it engaging so maybe they want to use a cookie cutter to cut out their sandwich maybe they want to try like a dye free M&M you know for the little center just a few of them um, let them be like a little bit more creative in what they make what they're choosing to put in their lunch um, because that's when they're like they have ownership over it. And it's not just like they're, they're active participants instead of passive. Ownership is such a smart yes. point, by the way. I mean, yeah, I really yeah. like I've always believed when kids make things themselves, they're just more likely to enjoy it. My kids rolled their own sushi at this like Brooklyn um, food fest for families. Wow. And like there's my younger one eating sushi for the first time because she rolled it. And so I, oh, I, I think that's amazing. an overlooked and really simple thing we can do is just get kids to make their own stuff. What do you, how old are your kids now? My son is 11. I have a nine-year-old daughter and I have a just three-year-old daughter. <gasps> so is your three-year-old helping in the kitchen? That is a big statement. <laughs> no, she is. She really does. She, I mean, she loves making her smoothie for breakfast, you know, and I try to incorporate my kids into dinner almost every night. They do something because I really feel like if you just train them young, then it becomes like second nature that they want to help or that they do help. It just is. It's not like, will you do this? It's not like a back and forth power struggle if they somehow enjoy it. And again, feel ownership over the meal they're making and about to eat. I like that. And I also like the idea of making mealtime a social time with the family, including preparing the food. Because if I'm in the kitchen making food, I'm feeling like a little resentful that I'm cooking for the kids. They're old enough that if they're in there with me and we're all kind of passing things around and this one's stirring and then this one's cleaning, it feels more enjoyable. Like even if we just put on music or put on a podcast or NPR or whatever we're listening to oh. and work together. Um, I feel fortunate that we have kind of an open kitchen in New York. A lot of us have what I call two butt kitchens. Like, <laughs> literally, you can only fit two butts side by side in the little galley kitchen. And it was important that I had kind of an open kitchen so that when the kids did grow up, we could all kind of be in there together and I wouldn't have to do it all. <laughs> I think it's so important exactly what you're saying. Even if you have a one butt kitchen, like take turns <laughs> walking in there because, you know, 
even if it's like a three-year-old doing some herbs or a sprinkle of salt in a meal, like those little moments can be massive in their brain building of what mealtime can and should be. Yeah, the salt, yes. My younger daughter, so their dad was a trained chef. That's a little bit of an overstatement, but he went to culinary school. (laughs) And so he taught them how to put the salt in their hands and rub their hands together to make sure they get the amount they want instead of using the shaker. To this day, they're 11 and 13, and that's how they put their salt on their food. And their friends think they're so fancy pants. And I'm like, no, they just think it's fun to like be able to use their hands for salt. (laughs) Well, I will tell you that my daughter, she also does the salt, but my three-year-old, she has learned the incredible move of figuring out how to lick her fingers, stick it in the salt, sprinkle it, (laughs) and then have like a full like finger salt lollipop. Well, that's good to keep her hydrated in the summer. (laughs) She'll never have low blood pressure issues. Exactly. (laughs) That's one way to look at it. So we had talked about time earlier on, Catherine, just about how it seems like parents are working more. There's not as much time. And I'm wondering, was that the reason or one of the reasons why you started the awesome one potato? Um, I'm just curious about how that came about. Right. So one potato is a company that I started because parents just for years were like, I've got the Wheelish's website. I've got the cookbooks, like just send me the food already. And that's how it all began was just taking a lot of the Wheelish's recipes and turning them into organic family-friendly meals that come right to your house that are for kids and adults. They take 15 to 30 minutes and just super easy across the board so that you don't have to menu plan, you don't have to grocery shop, and yet you have this like completely healthy meal that everyone wants to eat. And um, when are you coming to New York? Yeah. We're on it. I know we have like a massive waiting list on the East Coast and we are we're chugging, chugging to get to the East Coast. So, so where is it available now? It, right now, we're in eight states out west, California, Arizona, Nevada, Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Utah, and Colorado. Oh, wow. Now, I get it with the shipping issues, but personally, I think that you should have gone to New York before Nevada. That's just me. Uh, <laughs> What's Nevada really done, really? <laughs> it's, re- it's really funny because we have a bunch of people that pay for the shipping to get one potato to the East Coast. Wow. They just pay the crazy shipping because it's still cheaper to get one potato than it is like to go out for three meals or even to make, you know, three meals from scratch. That's oh dedication. Gosh. And I think that's just a testament to what you're doing. I mean, I've seen the meals on your Instagram page. They look fabulous and they also don't look pretentious. What I think sometimes some <laughs> of the photos that we see of subscription box meals, even though we know like we can do that, they don't necessarily look family friendly. And we know you're great at styling food. But still, I just feel like there are things that we, in my humble home with four children who don't really agree on anything, could sit around (laughs) and eat and enjoy. And I I just love that. I know. And I like totally unpaid plug. I'm looking right now at this week's menu on OnePotato.com and I'm seeing chicken fajitas, chicken paillard, mac and cheese, pot stickers, veggie fajitas. I'm like, I'm in. Like every single one of these is something my family would eat and that's saying something. So yay. Yay. Come to New York. (laughs) I know. We're working on it. It's so frustrating. Trust me. I want to get there so badly. So listen, Catherine, where can our listeners hear more about you or find out what you're doing or where can they follow you? I mean, you're kind of everywhere. Yeah. I mean, so there's Weelicious across all social media, Instagram, Facebook, and so on. Um, 
Um, if there's also one potato. So especially if you're in those states or you want to share it with other friends, one potato uh, box across all social media. And then I'm going to be on a new show um, every Saturday morning on NBC uh, on Danny CO Naturally. And it's all like great, fun cooking recipes with your family. Wow. Congratulations. Oh, Danny's fun. I met him on a trip uh, a few years ago. What a cool he dude. He is. And he's cute. He's the best. <laughs> he's the best. That's fantastic. And that's going to air nationally? That's nationally. Awesome. Well, we like any opportunity to see more of you, even if it's not totally in person. So we'll take <laughs> Thank it. Thank you. So listen, you're going to stick around for cool picks of the week, right? Oh, I got it. I'm super excited. Yay. Well, we'll be back with that right after this. So Liz, Liz, Kristen, Kristen. I am so excited <laughs> about our new sponsor, Relay. You know what? I'm excited because all of our readers yes. and Facebook fans and everybody we've talked yes. about it to recently is flipping out over this thing. And I love when our sponsors, which is pretty much all the time, but yeah. I especially when our sponsors are stuff like this that really solves problems for parents. And it's just like stuff that we love anyway. I know. Well, when I used it, it's actually a screen-free smartphone alternative for folks mm -hmm. out there who are not familiar. I actually tried it out because we did a Facebook Live and my kids, my younger two, Bridget and Margo, they're seven and nine. Bridget took it to school. She put it in her backpack and she's like, mom, I'm going to call you from my tiny square phone <laughs> when you're at work and I'm on my way home. I love that she calls it her tiny square phone. It kind of just looks like this cute little, almost like a speaker, like a little colorful Bluetooth speaker. Yeah, it does. It's thin and I think it's it's perfect for kids' hands. So anyway, she called me. She was 45 minutes away from me and let me tell you, it totally worked. I have the app on my phone. She called me from the relay and I texted Lisa, our friend, and I said, oh my God, this is so awesome. That was a literal quote from me. No, it's really <laughs> good. I think probably the question that we get in Out Tech Your Kids, our Facebook community, yes. more than anything else is what should I do about getting a phone for my kid? How old should they be? What if they're not ready for a smartphone? What if all their friends have this and I don't want to spend this money? Like this is such a big concern with parents. And I love that we can finally tell them about an alternative that doesn't have a screen. It doesn't have apps. It doesn't have games. It is adding some features like music and like a yes. cute voice changer. Yeah. So it's going to have yeah, yeah. things so that kids like. But, yes. you know, you don't have to worry about Snapchat or texting or social media or any of that stuff that often we don't want our kids to have, even though we want them to be able to stay in touch with us. So it's kind of like training wheels. I think it's really, really, really smart. And it's cute. And it's indestructible looking. <laughs> it's yeah. Solid. And it comes with a little caring. I mean, they've really it's thought really of everything, good. especially the privacy as well. And I know yeah. Yeah, that's a big deal. On Spawn about Common Sense Media. Well, they work together with them to craft their privacy policies. They don't build profiles on you or your kids. They don't sell or monetize any customer information. And we know you listeners, you're smart. You check on those things. And so that's really important to us. And they're actually donating $5 from every relay sale to Common Sense Media. I think that's great. We love Common Sense Media. We do. You know what? That gives it a lot of credibility that they worked with them even to craft their privacy policy to make sure kids are safe. So as you can tell, we love Relay a yes. lot. <laughs> Seriously, it's so easy. You guys are definitely going to want to check it out. It's basically like it hooks up with your smartphone. It works from anywhere, just like it's a walkie-talkie. If you're in California, there in New York, your kids can still get in touch with you. I think it's really genius. And you're not spending like $900 on a new phone for them, which is a pretty good thing. Yeah. So if you want to learn more, all you have to do is visit RelayGo.com. That's RelayGo.com to learn more or just shop. Might as well. Okay, well, now it's time for Cool Picks of the Week. 
Cool Picks of the Week. And Catherine, you're our guest. What do you got? I am going to give you guys a book. <gasps> I keep it in my bedside drawer. Ooh. Whenever I am having a parenting moment, like you know it's about to be a parenting fail, it's called No Drama Discipline. Uh, it's the whole brain way to calm the chaos and nurture your child's developing mind. Ooh. And it's by Tina Bryson and Daniel Siegel. And I literally, in those moments where someone's dysregulated, everyone's getting frustrated. I run to my bedside drawer. I literally can read a paragraph and it reminds me and I'm like, okay, I got this. And I'll run back. And it's sometimes it's just like nice to cool down for a second. And I just, I've read this book literally like the Bible so many times. Oh, that's fantastic. Also, I see it's available as like Kindle and audiobook. So, you know, sometimes audiobooks are good for me because I can listen to stuff while I'm taking a shower. (laughs) Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I'm like adding it to my Amazon cart. Yeah, it looks really good. It's funny. I feel like we see every parenting book. I've seen this, but I have not read it. So that's a great book. Oh pick. my God. Thank you. It's a good one. Trust me. It's a good one. We love good book recommendations. Our listeners do too. All right, Liz, what do you got? Okay, I'm going to give a totally random pick here. Okay. So recently, I, along with lots of us, fell in love with the Google Doodle honoring Mr. Rogers. I'm going to cry just like talking about it. It was the most beautiful animation. It was so lovely. It came out on September 21st, if you haven't seen it. And it made me go into the Google Doodles archive, which is just google.com slash doodles. And then there's an archive in there. And it is so wonderfully fun and educational to just scan through it. Like totally free, fun, educational website, Google Doodles. So you can be like, oh, wow, today's chilly national day. Who knew? Or it's respect (laughs) for the aged day or children's day in Germany and Austria. Like you just learned so much about the world and various holidays and scientists and women who've done cool things and stuff to celebrate. So it's really fun to kind of just sit down with your kid and scroll through them and just learn about random things that interest them. So that is my cool pick of the week, the Google Doodle Archive. I love it. I am not surprised that you picked that, Liz. I love your data <laughs> I know, You know, I like like data and weird like trivia and research. Yeah, and, it's awesome. Yeah, it's really fun. And plus, you know, I just love that it's all made by different artists and it's like everything we love. All right. So my pick is Camp Powerment. Actually, it's only one P. So I guess technically it's Camp Powerment. And I don't know, have either of you ladies heard of this? I, I have from you, but I'm excited to hear okay. more about it. So it is like like a summer camp, but for grown-up women who want to reconnect, reignite themselves, and just have a fabulous weekend of self-care, but Ooh. in a summer camp setting. So if that <gasps> how, sounds how awesome. How many times yeah. have I dropped my kids off at camp and said, I need to go to camp? Yes, you need camp empowerment. So I just want to say this was a gift that someone gave to me. So that's fabulous that I got to go. And I was a little hesitant at first because I don't know, I'm like camp. Camp, really? It was in the Poconos. They have another one in uh, Malibu. So they do two a year. And I have to tell you, it was the most amazing experience. And not really? just because my phone didn't work because there was no Wi-Fi and my kids weren't around. Because that alone <laughs> sounds magical. But no, they had all these amazing experts there. They had a finance expert. They had a sexpert. They had a, an astrologist. They had a life coach. And then they had all these sessions and circles to really help women take care of themselves 
themselves better. It was so supportive. It was so fun. So and does you know it, it feels more like a camp than a conference? Exactly. Yeah, totally hmm. a camp. There was dancing and karaoke, and you could do as much as you want or as little as you want. And, you know, a lot of these women just had overcome so many challenges in their lives. Um, there were cancer survivors and people who were grieving lost family members. And then wow. there were other people who just were stuck in their lives and just needed something inspiring. So anyway, I am a total convert of Camp Powerman. I want to go to the one in Malibu. I know. That one's sold out, <laughs> but the sessions are open for next year. So if you think you know anybody who needs this, check it out. It's Camp Powerman, wow. and it's amazing. Anyway. That's and my boot. You know what? I also like that you said that you can kind of do stuff or not do stuff as much yes. as you want. Like, I remember yes. I took myself to Club Med when I was single, and I was like, I just need a vacation. And I was like, I'm going to sit on the beach and do nothing and not talk to anybody, and I'm not going to do any of those stupid dances. And, like, I literally sat on the beach, and within three minutes, I'm like, ooh, a live <laughs> dance. <laughs> like, I, I want to learn more about it from you offline, Kristen. So yes. we're going we're gonna to have a little Camp Powerment talk after we're done, okay. we're done with this episode. I will let you know. Um, so anyway. Anyway, all of our links, everything that we talked about, Catherine's books, One Potato, her website, all of that good stuff, along with our Cool Picks of the Week, will be on our site, coolmompicks.com, on our podcast page. So just letting you know, in case you didn't get a chance to jot all those things down. Catherine, you are awesome, as always. You guys are so sweet. Thank you for letting me be part of your fun. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Spawned. Huge thanks to our guest, Catherine McCord, and to our amazing engineer John Bowen he makes it sound like we're all in the same tiny little hot sweaty closet right Liz <laughs> but instead we're in our own hot little sweaty closet which is probably for the best yes and hey wherever you are if you're in a hot sweaty closet or you know <laughs> doing laundry in your car sitting in a carpool line meditating whatever you're doing right now take a minute subscribe to our podcast make sure to download our episodes leave us a review on iTunes if you want to be extra special nice yes and we love hearing from you so if you have any questions or comments or show ideas or you know an awesome guest that we should be talking to, hit us up at spawned at coolmompics.com. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, basically all the places at Cool Mom Picks. And I have to say, Liz, we've gotten two emails in the last few days with show topic ideas. So those people who emailed us, I emailed you back. But still, thank you for letting us know. We love to hear what you want to hear. It really helps us out. So definitely drop us a line. Let us know what you're thinking and we'll do our best to make it happen. We will. Because you know what? We're here for you. Yes. We're here for you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to Spawn. This is Liz. This is Kristen. Have a great day. Bye.